0: This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers. I'll reference some raffy. This is the Dave and Checky Show.
1: Hey there, hi there, ho there, everyone. Welcome to this latest edition of <clears throat> Middle Age Cool Kids Super terrific Podcast, featuring your pals. Uh, it's just Shecky today uh Dave is out and about recording music um doing what he does best uh which is uh recording and performing and uh when he gets the opportunity to do that, he must take it so um, I am going to darken your doorway solo today um which is fine i'm going to talk about uh a book i wrote and uh the story behind the book i wrote and um other things having to do with the book i wrote so in 2015 i was uh I had an editing gig with uh a, a group of vip's and um one vip in particular And uh, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, But while I was there in California, um, I got a message from someone who said, hey, my friend is a YouTuber, and she wants to uh, do a cover of these VIP songs, and we'd like you to edit the video since you are somehow in that circle. I was like, okay, here's my fee. And they were like, okay, and so there we go. Um, that got me introduced to this YouTuber and her friend, who is now my friend, and uh, started me, you know, I just became friendly with them. And uh, we would hang out, maybe have lunch sometimes. And uh, at one point, well, I, and I don't want to name the YouTuber because um, she has not... Uh, I, I, she has her I, I it's not up to me to do i uh, I don't want to out her um, maybe one day if she would like to be outed, but uh, she certainly doesn't need any publicity from me, but uh at one point we were out to uh dinner or lunch, and she was just talking about how you know uh she wanted to do something in October for her YouTube uh friends. Um, you know, make a movie or make a video of something spooky. And I was like, oh, okay. And in my mind, I was thinking, shit, I wonder if I can write something based on her, around her. You know, I would like to, I always wanted to write stuff, um, movies, books, whatever. I always wanted to write. And uh, here was an opportunity. So I just said to her, well, what would you be okay with be, being a zombie? And she was like, yeah, sure. That sounds fine. So I went home and wrote a story, a short story, a short script, 15 minute script. But it took me, um, I had the, in my mind on the drive home, it, I, I mapped it all out, but getting uh, words to paper in script form took me, I don't know, three weeks or so. Just to get it to the point where I thought it was, was perfect, in those three weeks, somebody else came to her and said, "Hey, let's do this for Halloween, uh, and I'll pay for everything." And you know, she is a YouTuber, but she is also a businesswoman, and when someone says, "Here's free things, uh yeah, take it. so my my story um may or may not have been better, but it certainly was not free. Uh, as far as production and stuff. I mean, I certainly didn't have that kind of money. So, uh, But I, the story was fun, and it was good. And um, the friend who had initially contacted me encouraged me to uh, take it from a 15-minute story into a full-size feature, full-length feature. And um, I said, okay, why not? I'll give that a go, and it, in my mind, it was always going to be very MST3K, very, um, grind uh, you know, just silly, over-the-top craziness, and my initial script, uh, that over-the-top stuff was going to just be provided by her, because she is a over-the-top type of young lady, so, um it was kind of hard for me to make it a full length film and and get that over the top uh i don't know the those, those things that make it you know if you've watched uh robert rodriguez's planet terror that's what i would love for it to be just funny and over the top gory and uh to me that's one of the one of the best movies really out there it's just it's so great uh on so many levels just it's just ridiculous and it's entertaining definitely in my top ten uh, so that's what i in my mind that's what I was aiming for and um in my 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 two hour or uh, you know an hour and forty minute movie i don't think i i don't think I quite got it. I didn't quite get it, Uh, but it was still fun to do. And um, then the same friend uh, said, you know, (laughs) series are really big right now. Netflix and blah, blah, blah. Why don't you try and turn it into a series? And I was like, okay, because it was fun for me. I liked the story. The characters were fun. Um, You know, sit here and make up stuff for, for a series. Okay, sure. That's fine. I mean, I wasn't getting paid for it, but it was still fun. And to me, um, you should really do what's fun for you. Uh, find some time. And, uh, so that's what I started doing. And I took the book and I took the script and made it into, I don't know, six or seven episodes And as I was doing that, I was thinking, "Shit, this should just be a book. This should just be a book." And I kind of gave up on the series for uh, a bit because I had no connections, no connections, and out there in California, to have no connections uh, and to make it big, (laughs) you you know, you need to have the luck of the Irish for that. And I certainly didn't have that. Um, I had an interesting and fun idea and um, a friend who was very gung-ho and very uh, enthusiastic. But then that was it for us. (laughs) So um, during that time, we also decided to move back to New York. So I thought to myself, let's move back to New York. And I will write this book out. I mean, I certainly had more than uh, enough material with all the scripts and years, you know, of, of, at this point it was two years later. So I was like, okay, I'm going to come home. I'm going to write this book. And that's what I did. And that's the book that is for sale on the front page of the middle Age Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast. I used a, another name because, I, you know, why not? Why not just have fun with it? So... I used the name Garrison Scott. Garrison, uh, I named for James Garrison, who was also in the book briefly, um, the guy who uh, the JFK movie revolves around, the guy who tried to prosecute the JFK assassination. Um, I'm a big James Garrison fan. Um, I like the JFK movie. I bought uh, bought some uh, some James Garrison books. And in my mind, I feel like he, he's the dude that tried to do something when no one else did. Uh, I'm a big conspiracy buff also, uh, if you didn't realize. So James Garrison, uh, he's in the book, and I used Garrison Scott. Uh, Dave came up with Scott. I said, I want to use Garrison. And he said, just use Scott, Garrison Scott. I was like, okay, that was it. That was Dave's contribution to the, the name. So uh I wrote the book and you know it's not perfect it's fun though it's if you if you can read it in the spirit in which it's written it's you know one of those books that you can read on an airplane read on the beach it's not going to take you a long time there are no words in there that you'll have to look up I guarantee it it's literally uh an homage to those dime store uh adventure types books that are you know Again, a bit over the top. Ridiculous. Ridiculous plot. Uh, this is absurd. So that's the story of the book. Um, I wrote it. I started writing a sequel. The sequel is more than halfway done. It's all done in my head. It's. Uh, but then COVID came out. <laughs> and then these ridiculous... Uh, anarchists are out there uh, doing shit. And it's just like, it's my, my crazy, absurd story is now maybe not as absurd as what's happening around us. So I just, I, 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 I didn't lose the will, but I'm just kind of like, is anybody going to care? Real life is as crazy as my book now. So is anybody gonna care? So that's I've kind of just not written the sequel all the way out because it's just it's just absurd. Um, The first book, Plague Book One, The Girl Who Chased the Shadows, is the name of it because it was just at the time there were so many The Girl Who books, and I was just like, this is absurd. This is weird that all these people are using the Girl Who type of titles. I did it tongue-in-cheek. No one knows that except for me, so I can see where people will be like, ugh, that sucks that she did that. I often do shit that is hysterical to me that no one else would ever think is funny or care about, uh, probably to my detriment. The second book is titled Plague Book 2. What is it? The Girl, The Old Watch, and Evergreens. Um... A nod to a great eighties movie, or maybe not a great eighties movie, The Girl, the gold Watch and everything. Um, I like weird, shitty, cheap B movie type things, so uh <laughs> this is this is what I produce also, I guess, anyway. uh the first fifteen minute short um I figured I would just uh read it to you. It's kind of fun. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, I'll probably forget to take out the uh, YouTuber's name because my memory is shitty. So uh, if you hear a beep while this is happening, um, it's probably because I had to beep out her name because I forgot to uh, take it out as I was reading. All right. And it's fun. It's not like, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here forcing you in my living room to watch a slideshow of my vacation to Hershey Park. It's not like that. Though I would happily watch somebody's vacation slideshow. I think they're fun as fuck. All right. uh, Blonde Reckoning is what I originally called this 15 minute uh, short. First draft, April 30th, 2015. I've come a long way since then as far as the story uh, but it's, it's still I think it's still, a, it's still fun so I'm going to uh, I'm going to this has never been released this has only been seen by I think three or four people and Richard Grieco believe it or not uh, who seem to enjoy it or at least he was nice enough to say that Are you ready? Here we go! Blonde Reckoning Interior A dark room in an unknown location Night Title card October 2022 We see a young blonde woman putting on makeup while looking into a broken piece of mirror We see close-ups of her makeup collection, of her using foundation, prepping fake eyelashes and applying lipstick. Her face is not yet revealed to us in full. We hear her narration while we watch her prepare. In the background we hear occasional screams, gunshots, and the sounds of a vehicle accelerating on an otherwise deserted roadway.
0: virus spread, causing almost everyone to either die or change.
1: Montage of newspapers, video news reports of the disaster, interspersed with more close-ups of the young lady getting dressed, camouflage pants, a black tank top, army boots.
0: They say the virus came from a passing asteroid that flew too close to Earth. The government thought it was doing us a favor by nuking it before it could enter our atmosphere and cause a mass extinction.
1: The young lady has finished dressing and she has started to arm herself. We watch in a series of close-ups as she loads bullets into her guns and straps them into holsters she wears around her waist, as her voiceover continues.
0: Something was alive on that asteroid, bacteria, fungus, something else. Whether it was mutated by the nuclear blast or not, we don't know. And I can't see that it matters much now.
1: She looks around and finds her survival knife and sheath. She attaches the belt to her thigh, and she's the knife. She ties a black sweatshirt around her waist. The sweatshirt conceals her weaponry.
0: The ash and debris from the asteroid fell from the sky for weeks. The very old, the very young, and the very ill all succumbed to the virus within days. Maybe they were the lucky ones.
1: She grabs a nearby backpack and sweeps her makeup and mirror into one of its compartments. Inside the backpack, we see tools, grenades, rope, a flare gun, and other survival-type items. She takes out a set of night vision goggles and checks the battery. It is full. She returns them to the backpack and then zips it closed.
0: Somewhere by the ash, some, some have mutated into something else, something that craves, no, needs to feed on the flesh of the living to survive.
1: More montage of news reports of the infected feeding on flesh. Their skin is pale and translucent, their veins, capillaries, and some muscle tissue can be seen through their skin. They are not typical zombies. They are self-aware and are trying to avoid non-infected people news reporters cameras we see a group of them being mowed down by men with machine guns The young lady looks up towards the camera and for the first time we can fully see her face she is a stunning 20-something young lady who has a look of fierce determination on her face
0: we live in constant fear people are armed and shoot to kill with impunity
1: our shot freezes and we get opening credits They are reminiscent of Grindhouse Film Credits, Fonts, Music. Exterior. The streets of the seedy underbelly of an unknown town in a dystopic world. Night. She exits a dilapidated warehouse building. As she turns the corner out of the vestibule, we see crude and weathered wanted posters, anti-zombie signs, and religious doomsday artwork stapled and pasted in windows and on walls. One sign we see reads, Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Someone has added, With a bullet to the head, in black magic marker. Another is a wanted poster. On it is a sketch of a hooded figure, reminiscent of the Unabomber. The face is mostly obscured and not recognizable. The suspect is wearing sunglasses of sorts. The text on the poster reads, Wanted. For murder of the pure, aiding and abetting the infected. A third banner simply states, Keep America healthy, kill the infected. As the young lady makes her way to the outskirts of town, we see more posters on the exteriors of buildings. Some asking, Have you seen... blank, with people searching for friends and loved ones. More wanted posters identical to the one we saw previously. More Bible quotes... Some are asking for volunteers for the local militia, their crude logo figuring prominently on the poster. The young lady is traveling in the shadows. She looks around occasionally to see if someone or something is following her. Stores are vacant, their windows broken, people are sleeping huddled together on sidewalks and in building vestibules. Stray dogs are on the prowl looking for food. Near the edge of town, an older man dressed in rags is standing near a 55-gallon drum that is acting as a fire pit. He calls out to the young lady as she passes by.
0: Girl, girl, are you crazy? Hitting out of town is time of night.
1: She slows down her pace and turns towards the man. She smiles shyly and lifts her sweatshirt a bit,
0: revealing that she is armed. Don't worry about me. Shit. Them others come out at night. Girl, you gotta be careful.
1: We hear a gunshot and yelling. The young lady stops walking. Her and the man both turn their heads towards the sound's origin. The
0: man continues. Looks like they got themselves another one. I'm not sure what's going on. But in the past few days, we had more of them change folks sneaking around town. I seen a few in the shadows, but they ain't bothered me none. But that don't mean shit to them militia boys.
1: As the man is talking, we hear the sound of a jeep rumbling closer. As he finishes speaking, the jeep pulls up in front of them. There are two men, carrying machine guns, wearing hearing protection gear, and shooting glasses. There is an air of celebration about them. Their Jeep has the same crude logo painted on it as the Militia Volunteer posters we saw earlier. There are three executed infected hanging off the back of the vehicle, each with at least one bullet hole in their head. Their most recent infected kill is a small child. The driver seems to be in charge. He has a crew cut and has a lit cigar in his mouth. He yells to the young lady and the man,
2: Hey there, folks.
1: The jeep driver jumps out of the vehicle, takes off his protective gear, and throws it in the back seat of the jeep. He turns his attention to the young lady and the man, and nods his head towards their latest haul, while walking with tons of macho swagger towards them. The jeep driver continued, removing the cigar from his mouth.
2: Another successful night of culling. Just doing our part to keep this town of ours free from those monsters.
1: As he gets closer to the young lady, he looks her up and down like a piece of meat. He is openly leering at her. He whistles.
2: Well, 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 I don't think I've seen you around here before. What's a pretty little thing like you doing out at this time of night?
0: young lady smiles. I'm heading to the coast. I've got some friends who are setting up a place in Bodega Bay. Sounds like it will be a great spot to call home. Jeep driver.
2: Driving all by yourself, honey?
0: young lady. Mostly, but sometimes I catch a ride with a kind and handsome stranger who needs some company. Jeep driver.
2: hmm, I'm heading out of town uh, to toss these things into the pit. I sure could use the company.
1: The young lady looks back towards the jeep, where the other militia member is still sitting in the passenger seat. The young lady says, Looks like you already had company. The jeep driver doesn't take his eyes off of her.
2: Bobby, take the rest of the night off, son. (laughs) I can handle things from
1: here. Bobby
0: yells out, Are you sure, Captain? These bodies are kind of heavy.
1: The captain is still leering at the young lady. Get the fuck out of the jeep and go the fuck home, Bobby.
2: I said I got this.
1: Bobby jumps out of the jeep and starts walking away. The captain dramatically sweeps his arms towards the jeep.
2: Your chariot awaits, m'lady.
1: The young lady discreetly adjusts her sweatshirt to make sure it is still concealing her holster and knife sheath. She smiles sweetly. Why, thank you, kind sir. The man in front of the 55-gallon drum nods.
0: Good luck, pretty girl.
1: The young lady looks back at him and winks. Like I said, don't worry about me. Cut two. exterior, a rural road on the outskirts of town. Night. The young lady and the captain are the only vehicle on the road. The captain is talking and waving his cigar around as they drive past a highway sign that says, Folsom Army Base, next exit, Folsom County Prison, two miles. Cut to interior of the jeep. The jeep is cluttered with all things you would need to go on a hunt for the infected. There is a machine gun in the back seat, a shovel, a flashlight, and other miscellaneous items. On the center console between the two front seats is a clipboard with a stack of pages clipped to it. The top page is the familiar Wanted poster we've seen previously. The young lady asks him,
0: Is the prison still being used? The captain answers,
1: Yep. The army is taking
2: it over, though. Only the worst of the worst are put there. Killers, rapists, folks like that.
1: The young lady nods towards the bodies in the back.
0: What do you do with them? The captain answers.
2: You mean after target practice? (laughs) About a mile past the army base, there's a sinkhole that opened up a few earthquakes ago. We toss them in there. Every once in a while, when the pit gets full and they get to really stinking, we hose them down with some gasoline and light them up with a flamethrower.
1: While the captain is talking, the young lady takes stock of her surroundings. She spots the machine gun and a shovel in the back seat. The jeep has a half a tank of gas, and the young lady can see that the captain has a sidearm in a holster. The captain catches her looking, but mistakenly thinks she is looking at his crotch. He grabs his dick through his pants and says,
2: He <laughs> you like what you see, honey?
1: The young lady realizes what's happening, but nods eagerly. Mm-hmm. The captain accelerates and takes the next exit. Cut to exterior, secluded area in the woods, minutes later. The captain turns the jeep off, the headlights stay on. He leaves the keys in the ignition and turns towards the young lady. He takes his still lit cigar out of his mouth and places it in the ashtray.
2: How about showing me how thankful you are for the ride, darling?
1: Our young lady says, thankful? We've only come a few miles. The captain grabs her left forearm. She tries to pull her arm away, but he has a firm grip on her.
2: Listen here, you little cocktails. A few miles is all you're getting unless you show me some goddamn appreciation.
1: The young lady turns towards the captain with a gleam in her eye. Appreciate this, motherfucker. She grabs the lit cigar from the ashtray and smashes the burning end into the back of the hand that has a hold on her forearm. He lets go with a scream and instinctively looks down to check out the burn. In a flash, the young lady relieves him of his sidearm with her left hand while removing the keys with her right. She then exits the vehicle, scooping up her backpack along the way. The captain tries to grab her before she jumps out of the jeep. She is able to avoid his grasp. As he draws his arm back, he notices something sticky on his hand. What the? He positions his hand under the light from the dashboard and looks at his palm. It's covered in makeup. What in the actual fuck? Cut to exterior, the woods, about fifty yards from the jeep. Night. The young lady is hiding at the base of the tree, yards away from the jeep. She is rubbing her arm where the captain grabbed her aggressively. Where the makeup has worn off, we see her skin pale and translucent, with broken blood vessels forming a bruise as a result of being grabbed by the captain. We realize for the first time the young lady is infected. The captain reaches for the keys to start the ignition and sees that they are gone. He then grabs for his sidearm and discovers that it too is missing.
2: God damn it!
1: The captain jumps out of the jeep and grabs the machine gun out of the back seat, leaving the protective gear behind. He walks to the front of the jeep and centers himself between the headlights. He continues, yelling.
2: You can't hide from me, you dirty little zombie bitch.
1: He shoots the machine gun randomly into the woods. The sound from the machine gun is deafening. He groans. Fuck! He drops the gun and places his palms over his ears, and we next hear his voice as he hears it. Muddy and low with the thump of his pulse evident at first, but it is back to normal by the end of his speech.
2: You think you're smarter than me? You think some filthy, infected bitch like you is going to get the best of the captain? I'm going to find you and toss your ass into the pit without even the courtesy of a bullet to the head before I light that shit up. What do you think of those apples?
1: Cut to exterior the woods about fifty yards from the jeep. The young lady has her night vision goggles out of the backpack, and they are resting on top of her head. She is holding a gun and aiming it towards the jeep. Cut to exterior jeep. We hear a gunshot and glass popping as one of the headlights goes out. The captain looks towards the woods, trying to estimate where the young lady's gunshot came from. He laughs.
2: (laughs) Ha ha ha! You missed me, bitch! This is gonna be too easy!
1: We hear a second gunshot and a pop as the second headlight goes out. The captain drops to the ground immediately and begins low crawling with the machine gun. He takes cover behind the jeep. The young lady, now wearing the night vision goggles, blows on the end of the pistol and grins knowingly into the camera. The captain reaches up into the jeep and frantically feels around for and eventually finds a flashlight. He low-crawls along the side of the vehicle towards the front tire. The young lady yells out to him, Drop your weapon! He yells back,
2: Fuck you! Drop yours!
1: We see from the young lady's night goggle POV that she can see the captain's every move. She grabs a medium-sized rock from the ground beside her and tosses it somewhere closer to the jeep. The captain shines the flashlight in that direction and once again fires the machine gun, emptying the ammunition belt. Once again, his hearing is affected by the sound.
2: Shit! Goddamn!
1: The young lady moves unheard from her position and makes her way towards the back of the jeep. She has successfully sneaked up behind the
0: captain. The way I see it, this can go two ways. You can do the honorable thing and kill yourself now. Her voice in his ears is affected by the
1: loudness of the machine gun blast. The captain is trying to figure out where her voice is coming from, but his ears are still ringing. She cocks her gun with a loud click, and the captain realizes she is right behind him. He scrambles on the ground to turn around
0: and face her. Or? He says. Or you can do what I say and buy yourself some time, she answers.
2: If I do what you say, are you going to kill me anyway?
0: She shakes her head. Nah, you weren't any use to me dead.
2: What do you want from me?
0: He asks. The young lady
1: reaches into the back of the jeep and grabs the shovel she spotted earlier. She tosses it at the captain, who has to grab it in midair to avoid being hit with it. Cut two. exterior, the woods, later. Hours have passed. The young lady watches over the captain as he digs. There are three shallow graves dug, one for each infected body on the back of the jeep. The third is nearly complete. The captain is sweaty and tired, but he has not given up yet. He looks down at the shovel and turns to look over his shoulder to see if the young lady is still watching him closely. She seems to be thinking, so he changes his grip on the shovel and starts to turn quickly towards her, ready to throw the shovel hard. She is too quick, and before he finishes turning, she shoots out the back of his knee. He drops the shovel and falls to the ground screaming.
0: Looks like you can't finish the job now, she says to him.
2: You bitch! I did what you wanted. I dug three graves for your rotten buddies. Now leave me the fuck
0: alone! Sorry, Captain, but surprisingly, letting you go is not part of my plan. The young lady
1: shoots the captain's other leg. He is totally incapacitated. She approaches him from behind and puts him in a chokehold while she drags him back to the Jeep. Cut to Exterior, the Jeep, a few moments later. The captain is moaning and nearly delirious with pain. He is tied up and is in the back of the Jeep with the bodies of the dead infected. The young lady is putting her belongings in her backpack she grabs the captain's flashlight and considers adding it to her gear but thinks better of it and places it on the ground near the jeep mostly to herself she says someone else may need this
2: captain is moaning what are you going to do with me please please I'm sorry please have mercy untie me
0: young lady says the time for mercy is over I gave you the option of doing the honorable thing before,
1: remember? She reaches into her backpack and pulls out the flare gun. She raises it into the air and fires. Exterior. The street's back in town. The man is still standing by the 55-gallon drum. His eye catches the sight of a flare going up in the sky in the distance. Hello. Cut two. exterior. The jeep. Continuous. The young lady puts the flare gun back into the backpack and zips it up. She removes the sweatshirt from around her waist and begins to slip it on properly. The captain's eyes are half shut. He is in terrible shape.
2: No one will see that flare. No one will help you. You're stuck here with me.
1: The young lady pulls the night vision glasses down over her eyes, zips up her sweatshirt and pulls the hood up over her head. She turns towards the captain one last time and says, Oh, they'll come.
0: But not for me. The captain opens
1: his eyes to really get a look at the young lady as she walks past him. He's not sure what she meant at first, but he knows it doesn't bode well for him. She continues walking past the Jeep, where the camera travels from her to the wanted poster on the clipboard. We realize that she is the figure on the poster. Cut to exterior, the streets in town. The infected are finding their way out of town, passing by the man without even a glance his way. He watches as families hurriedly rush out of town and into the darkness towards the flare, still burning brightly in the sky. Son of a girl. Cut to exterior, the highway. Minutes later, the young lady is approaching a highway sign that reads Folsom County Prison, next exit. She stops, lifts her night vision goggles up, and tilts her head, listening for something. Faintly in the background, we can hear the screams of the captain as he becomes a meal for the infected who have responded to the flare. She smiles, replaces her goggles, looks to the highway sign, and says, Here I come, boys. She starts walking up the exit towards the prison. Partial credits roll over a wide shot of the young lady walking away from the camera. The end. So, I think I did an okay job of cutting her name out. Uh, hopefully I will listen back to this and, uh, fix it. <laughs> I do not want to reveal her, her secret identity, uh, because she has never given me, um, uh, because she has never given me permission to do so. And, uh, she was the inspiration for this. The book, however, is, uh, based, you know, after she had no interest in this story, I didn't continue with her being the main character, um. I have a younger much younger version of a person uh she's this, you know starts off as 16 17 and uh she's about 20 in the, in the in the in most of the book um so she is no longer this youtuber she is her own person um and her name I changed to Skylar Campbell and uh Skylar Campbell is the hero, the badass bitch with a gun and uh, a shitty attitude, which I love because I think that's basic, basically me. Maybe not so badass, but my attitude is totally shitty and has been for the longest time. So shout out to all you people with bad attitudes, I guess. Uh, anyway... This has been uh, story time with me. Um, hopefully, next uh, episode we'll have Dave back. And he'll have finished uh, doing some recording, and he can have some time for uh, a sit down and a chat. I know he's your favorite. He's my favorite too, because he's just uh, funny in the worst way possible, and uh, he he is he has no filter. He has no filter, and I think it's great. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um the book is ninety-nine cents on Kindle. Uh it's it's really cheap. I I I don't get ninety-nine cents every time I sell one. I'm I, I really should finish the sequel just as not even to sell it, but just to say, look, finish it. Get this shit done. I've been procrastinating because of world events, but maybe I should just, in my mind, pretend these world events didn't happen. Don't incorporate them. See, that's the other thing. It's like, are you supposed to incorporate them into your book? I don't want to. It's like a it's a different universe. It's a different universe. All right. This has been grand. Uh, thank you for indulging me and listening to this story. I hope you enjoyed it. I think it's fun, but uh, you know. Maybe it wasn't. If it wasn't fun, don't tell me. (laughs) Oh, so keep it to yourself. All right. I will talk to you next time, America.